You are beautiful. You are worthy. Your dreams were put on your heart for a reason. No matter what anyone else might think of you for following them. So stand up, stand tall, and stand proud. You were made to shine. doing peeps i hope we're having a a good week if you're not having a good week i hope it gets better i hope you get a better week going on um it's funny i was literally not planning on podcasting today at all sometimes i feel like though i'm not gonna lie to you guys the best like the best episodes or conversations on this podcast. And I say conversations fully knowing that it is basically me giving a monologue to you. But there's part of me that does feel like, I don't know, whoever you are on the other side, uh, if you've listened to this content, you you know me by now. <laughs> like, you know what makes me tick. You know what makes me, um, what I probably struggle with the most. Someone once told me, if you want to know what an author is struggling with, read their last book. I think it's the same for podcasters. Like if you want to know what a podcaster has struggled with, listen to their last podcast. Like listen to the last thing that they gave advice on. Because typically when you walk through a season where you're hurting, your inclination is to try to figure out how to to bring fruit from it, to to make something of it, the, the tools and the lessons to get through it. And then you pay it forward if you're someone that likes to create content for people. So Funny thing for you, if you now you're going to be looking at podcasters and authors and be like, oh, they struggle with that a whole bunch. And and it's funny because when I when I talk to people, I can tell I can tell the people that like read my books versus listen to my podcast versus just follow me on social versus like a little bit of everything, because podcasts, especially I feel as if I tend to. Well, I would say I'm my most honest in my books, but I tend to open up a lot of my podcasts as well. And something that I have struggled with my entire life, and quite honestly, I used to think it was one of those things I could just kind of tune out, noise out, fight, eventually destroy and like get out of my life. But I'm becoming to realize this thing, this thing, thorn in my side, if you will, it's not going anywhere. And the more I befriend it, instead of trying to fight it, the more I can use it for good. And I've talked about it before on my podcast. And I just want to level set though with everyone before I talk through what we're going to talk about today, which encompasses a lot of like what I typically struggle with on a very regular basis. Everyone has that thing. Everyone has a thorn in their side. Everybody has a thing that, you know, you, you pray about it and you you continue to just hope that it goes away and you continue to hope you don't have those temptations, all the things. And sometimes great, God's greatest gift to you is that it doesn't go away because you have to look to him every day to give you the strength to fight it, you know? And for some people that's, I don't know, that's a, that's a more physical, like a more physical thing. It's, it's drugs, it's sex, it's alcohol, it's, 
doing things with money, maybe you shouldn't be. It's it's whatever that looks like, but sometimes it's a mentality. Sometimes it's I can't stop these thoughts from coming in and from constantly going and and it can be really scary at times. And I do believe with my whole heart that the greatest gift, like I said, sometimes God gives you is just not answering every prayer and not relinquishing you of your responsibility to turn to him when that one thing that just it gets you continues to be there. That temptation continues to be there. For me, most of my life, that has just been feeling like I'm behind. Seeing someone else's life, maybe a life that I have dreamed of for myself or a life that like I found inspiration and basing my own life off of and comparing my beginning to their middle or comparing my year three to their year 13 and all of a sudden getting discouraged in my own walk because my life doesn't look like so-and-so's and and I'm not as far ahead as so-and-so and this has been something that has just tormented me since I think the earliest memory I have of it was around body image. When I was in an elementary school, I like noticed that a lot of my friends um, had like way skinnier stomachs than me and I hated that. And I, I took it as, oh, they're further along than me. And I internalized that and it's made me start from a young age, just had a horrible relationship with food. Um, that being said, now what that looks like is from a from a career standpoint, right? Like I see someone doing what I've dreamed of doing. I see someone living a life that, I mean, I felt like at one point I was on the trajectory towards, and then and then all of a sudden life happens, and you you feel behind, and you feel like you're not doing enough, and you just you feel like you're hitting your head against a wall because you're like, God, what else do I need to do? What else do I need to do? And some of you are in that spot right now. It's like, you know, you had all these dreams and of these businesses, but you know, you got married and now you're three kids later. And it's like, you don't even remember the last time you had time to sit down and not just make, not make a vision board, but like, think about what you would want on the vision board. Like you don't even have time anymore to embark on the, the first step towards the path of a, initially what you thought your life was going to look like. Or maybe you're, you know, you're right out of college and all your friends already have a job. They already, they, it's already lined up, right? Like I remember when I was at Wofford, um, I was going into sales and there was first so much shame around the fact I was going into corporate America because I had been building this, this, uh, my wellness business the past three years in hopes I would never have to go to corporate America. And so there was this shame around like, oh God, I didn't build my business fast enough to be able to, to not have to do this. And then there was also shame around the fact that I remember, um, 
I was going in, like I said, I was going into corporate America sales and the job interview process is so much quicker in that department than it is for like other occupations. So I had a lot of friends that, you know, they were accountants or they were in these programs where they already had a job lined up their entire senior year. And so there I was second semester, not even knowing what what job I was going to have. And it was still too early to even interview. And I felt so behind because all these people had known where they were going to work for months and months and months. And, you know, the fact of the matter is whatever season you are in life, it is so easy now to feel behind. You can feel behind in three seconds because you turn on your phone, you go to Instagram, you go to Facebook, and all of a sudden someone is at a location that you just dreamed of being at and it's their new home on the beach or in the mountains or whatever. And they're, you know, doing the thing that you've dreamed of doing and you feel like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Right? That's how we get. All of a sudden, seeing someone else's success is an indication of our lack thereof. Or seeing someone else living out this dream life and doing all these things, it's this indication that we're never going to get there. And we compare our year four to someone else's year 20. Because we don't see the decades of work prior to get them to that point. Whether that is, you know, they, all of their kids are going to Ivy League schools or all of their friends, they have so many friends. Like there's just so many friends and you're over there with no friends if you always wanted friends. Or, or maybe it's a preacher, like you've always wanted to be a minister and you see a preacher and his church just growing and growing and growing and you're year one of your church and you're like paying people to come to your church. You know what I mean? Like you just don't know what else to do. And I've been there. Good Lord knows I've been there. Like I said, podcasters. They podcast on the things that they struggle with the most. I struggle with that maybe every week. And this is the word God gave me this week because this week was one of those weeks I felt like I could not do anything right. Have you ever felt that way? Like, Put off, put off the mask, whatever you're like, stop trying to be perfect. Let's just, you and I, you and me, us two, pretend we're at coffee, like straight up, real talk. Have you ever felt that way? Where it is like, oh my goodness gracious, Lordy, Lord, I can't do anything right. I felt that, that way this week at my corporate job. I felt that way this week in my entrepreneurial job. I felt this that way this week writing. I felt that way this week speaking. Like things that, it's one thing to feel like you can't do anything right when you're asked to do things you've never done before. It's another thing to walk a walk that you know and you know you're good at and you can't even do that right. You know what I mean? Like, this week I was, um, I have a, this thing for, uh, one of my, uh, my corporate job and I have to give this, uh, pitch and I was practicing, 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 and I practiced it in front of some people and, and it was, it was just not, it was just not on brand. It was not good. It was not, it was not great. It was not my best. Let me say that. And all of a sudden I started wigging out in my mind. Cause I was like, goodness gracious. Like the one thing I know that I can do well, cause I do it every day is speak. And I can't even do that. And then you go into the shame spiral of like, well, what else am I good for? I can't do anything right then. 
And some of us like that, that happens to you. Maybe not with speaking. Maybe it's just, you know, you're a great organizer and you are never late. You are never late. Like you're that mom in carpool line. Like you are never late. And all of a sudden you're late because Susie Q had, you know, couldn't find the toothpaste for her brushing her teeth. And all of a sudden it's just the whole schedule. All of it, all of it was whacked up. And then you were late to your job and they're like, oh my God, you're never late. You're late today. Like the world must have stopped spinning. And all of a sudden you get it in your mind that like, well, what am I good for? If I can't do the one thing that I know I can do and everybody expects me to do well, what am I good for? And see, that's where I think God meets us. Right there in that spot. You know, that little twang, like anxiety feel on your heart. Cause you know what I'm talking about. Cause you're thinking of that time that it happened to you and your life. Like that thing, that space, that feeling, that's where God meets us. He meets us in that place because in that place is where we end. For in our weakness, he is strong. I think that's a Bible verse. I, yeah, I, don't, I think that, I don't know. But Paul talks about like be, when we're weak, God's strong. And that's when we become strong because we have God's strength in us. When we're at the end of ourself is when God can kick in. And this is what I've come to realize. In life, there's always going to be people that are a little ahead of you. There's going to be people a little behind you. There's going to be people doing things that you want to do. There's going to be people looking at you and you're doing things they want to do. I am so entirely and utterly convinced that God made me and God made you. God created me. He created you. And wouldn't you think that the creator knows more about how its creation is best to function, its environment, the timeline of things happening for it? Don't you think the creator knows more about that than the creation? I wasn't there when God knit me together. I mean, I was there, but like I wasn't, I cannot, I can't recall that. I don't know how he did it. And it's like, I know what's inside me, but I also don't because I didn't create me. I have the honor. My spirit has the honor of like living in this body and walking this life and doing this thing and being in relationship with God. I have the honor of that, but I didn't make me. I didn't knit me together in my mother's womb. I didn't do that. God did. You didn't make you. See, sometimes we walk around acting as if we are the creator of ourselves. Oh, no, 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 we're not. That's where I think there's a really fine line. You know, I love self-development. I love personal growth. I've written multiple personal growth books. In fact, all of my books fall under the personal growth category on Amazon. It is true. However, I think this is where there is a hard pivot between faith development and self-development because a lot of times people preach like you are the creator of your life. You are the creator of you. You are the creator. That's not true. If you're in Christ, if you believe in Christ, like I'm not the creator of me. God is the creator of me. Now I am a participant in this life and I make decisions. It is my responsibility to show up 
and act out what the spirit calls me to do. That's my responsibility. But I don't create, I didn't create me. You didn't create me. Which means the pressure to have it all figured out, the pressure to live this perfect standard of life we set for ourselves, it's off our shoulders. That's not our job. That's God's job. That's God's job. And wouldn't you think that if for some reason you're not living that life that you envision to be so perfect and so great, if you're not living that Wouldn't you think that the creator that loved you enough to knit you together in your mother's womb to make you fearfully and wonderfully made and set you apart before you were born and formed you before you, before, um, the world knew you, wouldn't you think that the creator that loved you that much loves you enough to create a timeline for you, a sequence of events for you in a way that honors you, that honors him through you, that creates you to grow in the best way possible, wouldn't you think he would do that? I would. I mean, sometimes I don't act like I think that, but deep down, I believe that. But see, we don't live our lives like that. We wig out when when our life doesn't look like this pre-created timeline that changes like every five seconds, every time we see a new Instagram reel of a new place to travel or a new awesome job to have or a new amount of money we need to have or a new outfit we need to have. No, see, our version of a perfect life changes. But God, God's dimension of a life for us, he is perfection. And he created us. And we are all loved across the board but uniquely, which means he loves you so uniquely, he's not going to give you the same timeline as me. He loves me so uniquely, he's not going to give me the same timeline and the same story as he gives all these people I'm looking at their lives and comparing myself to. He's not going to give it to you that way because he doesn't like you, because he doesn't, he doesn't want you to have fun, because he doesn't want you to have a great life. No, because he wants you to have the best life, but in a way that you are still in relationship with him, in a way that honors him and honors you. Wouldn't you think the creator of you knows how you best function and the time, the best timing for you to step into the things that you dream of doing? See, the dreams on your heart aren't bad. No, no. I always tell people like God gives you those dreams. Your imagination, I've always looked at my imagination as like a TV screen of life's coming attractions. It's like a TV movie of, of what God wants to give me because, because here are the facts. Out of all the things I've imagined in my life, there's many more things, a exponential amount of more things that I haven't imagined, right? Like think about it. I mean, I have, yes, I've imagined books. I've imagined, uh, gosh, speaking. I've imagined, um, all these, you know, like uh, building my nutrition business. I imagined speaking on the stage. I imagine all these things. I never once imagined being a doctor. I never once imagined being a lawyer, And both my parents are lawyers. I never, that never once crossed my mind. I never once imagined, um, gosh, being a cook. 
I never once imagined like traveling. I have literally zero interest to go to Antarctica. I mean, I, you will never, ca- I mean, as of right now at 24 years old on this particular day, I have never once had a, a nudge in my heart to go to Africa. I mean, not Africa, Antarctica. Like I just, I've never, I've never had that. But see, a lot of people have imagined being a lawyer, have imagined being a doctor, have imagined going to Antarctica, have imagined being a chef, have imagined being a police officer, have imagined being a Christmas tree farmer, have imagined being an actress. Like our imaginations, what we are inclined to dream about, that's from God. Because no matter who you are, what you're dreaming about pales in comparison to the amount of things you're not dreaming about. So for some reason, your heart and the desires on your heart go towards that thing. That's from God. That's how I know it's from God, right? It's just the contrast. And so it is not bad to want things. It is not bad to look at someone else's life and say, wow, I really want to be there one day. But you must understand that God isn't going to give it to you in that package. Why? Because he wants to blow your mind. He wants to blow your mind. He wants any package delivered to you to point back to him. And if he just gave you another story that's already been written by someone else's life, that's not that outstanding. I mean, right? He's a unique God. He's an intentional God. He's not going to give you an outfit that was made for somebody else. He's going to give you your own. He knit you together in your mother's womb, which means he's going to knit your life together. And yes, like I said, you're an active participant. You have to go, but your spirit is going to nudge you and your job is obedience. God's job is outcome. So for whoever I can just relieve the pressure of of today, Your job is obedience. And when you focus on that, and when you focus on him, and when you don't take your eyes off of him, you can begin to appreciate the accomplishments, the progress of everyone else, but not at the expense of your own appreciation. Your life is your life. I was... um watching this movie the other day and it brought me to tears. I love a good like female empowerment girl just did it kind of movie. And this movie is called True Spirit on Netflix. It made me cry so many times. It's a story about the the first female that actually like sailed the world. And she was super young. I think she was 16, got a lot of hate for it, a lot of slack. And then everybody ended up loving her because she actually did it and like didn't die. And anyways, um, she talked so much about just in the beginning, ever since a little girl, she had to, she had to become friends with mother nature. And there was one scene where she, the waves, there was some, um, like a balloon thing. I don't know. You like let go of a sailboat in order to slow down the sailboat during a really big storm. And this huge, like hurricane storm was coming. And she basically told her coaches, like, I'm not using it. You always taught me I need to ride with it. I need to ride with it and like ride with the storm. I'm done fighting Mother Nature. Like I need to go with her. 
And here's the thing that I love about that. And it's something I've been repeating to myself since. Let your life be your life. Let your life be your life. A lot of us are casting out, gosh, I wish I knew the name of those things, the sailboat balloon things. We're like, we're, we're committed to our life, but we're also not. We're trying to slow down and speed up and make it look like somebody else. And you are going to make no progress trying to write your own story, but also copy somebody else's paper and then edit it and delete it and filter it all at the same time. You are not going to be able to have a story of life written. Just write your story. Sure, other people might inspire you, but don't try to copy them. Don't try to force yourself into a package that's already been delivered somewhere. You got a brand new package coming. You got a brand new course of life that's waiting to be lived. Let your life be your life. Let your life be your life. Lean into the tension. That moment you feel like you can't do something, good, good. Guess what? That's when God shows up. When you are called to something and when you have to do something, which is basically anything that comes your way in life, because like I said, just like the dreams on our heart, things that come our way in life, the amount of things that come our way versus the number of things that don't come our way, it is just another proof of God. It is the fact that, wow, like out of all the things that could have happened to me today, these things happened to me today. Out of all the jobs I could have taken, I took this job. Out of all the things I'm being required to do, I'm being required to do this. Out of all the possibilities, this is my life. So for some reason, I'm called to this. I was given this. How can I steward this? And when you get to a point where you're called to something and you don't feel good enough, that might just be God's way of preparing you to show up, but not in your own strength, but his, and to really freaking knock it out of the park. Because you can't show up for a, as a vessel for God if you keep getting in the way right? So show up for those kids. Show up for that speech. Show up for that presentation. Show up for that launch. Show up for that ministry. Show up for that classroom. Show up for that job. Show up for that business. Show up in such a way that even if you feel empty and not good enough, just remember that is where God does his best work because it will point back to him. I promise you. I promise you. And let your life be your life. Your life is not a consolation prize. You were given it as a gift. Every single little thing, it's a gift. And it's not forever. So steward it well. Steward it well. And stop comparing your year two, three, four to someone else's 15, 16, 17. Heck, your month six to someone else's month eight. I don't care what it is. You cannot write your story looking at someone else's paper. Amen. Amen. 
Hey friend, thanks so much for listening all the way through. The fact that you did says so much about your willingness and curiosity to get into your personal development and growth. You guys, if this episode touched you and your spirit in any way, I pray that you share with two friends that you think would really find value in this. This is how these messages get around. And I know I personally just really appreciate when a friend thinks of me when they listen to something and think that I'll find value in it as well. Also, if you find so willing, please tag to your Instagram stories and make sure to tag Annie B. Mayfield. At the end of every month, I will be doing a drawing from everyone that is posted on their Instagram stories for a $50 Amazon gift card. You guys, I appreciate and love you all so much. Have an amazing day.